Hear that? That's the sound of a patient whose health data is protected from a cyber attack. And that, that's the sound of a financial system that's digitally secured from bad actors. Right now, there's an invisible war being fought on a digital battlefield that impacts what we do every day. That's why at Paraton, we do the can't be done to help protect the vital systems we rely on. Because if we don't, the alternative is unimaginable. Paraton. Welcome back to the Space News Pod, a daily podcast about space, science, and tech. I'm your host, Will Walden. Now, this episode, uh, Elon Musk is going to be talking about uh, Area 51, artificial intelligence, multiplanetary species, sending people to Mars, basically, and some other various uh, topics. And this is from the AI conference in China a little while ago. I took some of the best parts and I put them together so you guys could listen to Elon talk about some very important things. So check this out and let me know what you think on Twitter at Space News Pod or Facebook at Space News Pod. And check us out on YouTube at Space News Pod or on SpaceNewsPodcast.com. Now, if you haven't hit the subscribe button yet, make sure to do that for more space, science and tech every single day. Those people out there who think we found aliens, trust me, I would know. We have not. Okay. Um, people ask me, you've been to Area 51. Yeah, okay, please. Um, SpaceX actually has Area 59. It's even better, eight better than 51. So, among the set of actions we can take that are likely to increase the scope and scale of consciousness such that we are better able to understand the nature of the universe, uh, one of those actions is to become a multi-planet species or ensure that life is multi-planetary. Not because I think something that, it's not, a, not from, from the standpoint of it just being an escape hatch or because I think that Earth is doomed, um, but there's a certain probability that is irreducible uh, that something may happen to Earth. Despite our best intentions, despite everything we try to do, the, there's a probability at a certain point that some either external uh, force or some internal unforced error uh, causes civilization to be destroyed um, or, 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 or sufficiently impaired such that it can no longer um, extend to, to another planet. It's hard to say, like, like let me put it another way. This is the first time in the four and a half billion year history of Earth that it's been possible to extend life beyond Earth. Before this, it was not possible. How long will this window be open? It may be open for a long time, or it may be open for a short time. I think we sh it, it would be wise to assume that it is open for a short time. And, and, and then let us uh, secure the future, secure the future of consciousness, such that life of, the light of consciousness is not extinguished. And we should do, try to do this as quickly as possible. That's my view. And to be clear, I'm very pro-Earth. When I say, you know, us becoming a multi-planet species or making life multi, uh, ex extending life beyond Earth, um, ex ex expanding the scope and scale of consciousness, um, from a resource standpoint, I'm talking about less than 1% of Earth's resources should be dedicated to uh, making life multiplanetary or making consciousness multiplanetary. So, uh, you know, I think it should be like 
somewhere in between uh, how much we spend on lipstick and how much we spend on healthcare. Like, you know, things like for the preservation of consciousness, we should spend maybe slightly more than we spend on, on cosmetics. That's my, you know, and I'm pro-cosmetics. I like it. They're great. But, but uh, you know, this is probably worth spending, I don't know, somewhere, like at least half a percent of Earth GDP on extending life to be multi-planetary. Maybe one percent, I'd say, seems like a good, a good use of resources. Uh, and but then, 90, you know, we have like two orders of magnitude more resources spent on Earth. So it's not like it's, uh, you know, somehow going to fundamentally impair Earth. If, 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 if like I said, just one percent of Earth resources on that order should be enough to make life multiplanetary. It seems like a wise investment for the future. Um, and obviously, I spend a lot of my time on uh, sustainable energy with Tesla, with uh, you know electric cars and solar and batteries and that kind of thing. And um, you know, I'm really excited to be here in, in Shanghai for the the Shanghai Gigafactory, which is um, I think uh, that Tesla China team has done an amazing job, R really mind blowing. Like I've just uh, astounded by how good the job is um, and how much progress has been made. And I think it's a good uh, story for the world and to say, like, look, look how much uh, progress you can make in in China. This is extremely impressive. Uh, like my my hat is off. You know, you guys rock. So uh, I've never seen anything built so fast in my life before. To be totally frank, <laughs> you know, I've seen some crazy. All right, I'm going to take a quick break, and when I get back, we're going to have some more space news. Things. So, you know, I think it's like I really think China is the future. Well, it's very impressive, um, and uh, there's also some great progress on uh, entrepreneurial rocket companies in China as well. I, I believe two have made orbit. And it's very difficult, very hard to make orbit. Achieving orbit, I have great respect. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, you know, I would say try to learn as much as much as possible that allows you to predict the future or make the future. So the saying is the best way to predict the future is to make it. Um, just and, and then assess whether what you are learning is enabling you to predict the future with less error. Are you less wrong? We're all always wrong to some degree, but can you reduce the error on your future predictions? I think that's the way to look at education. As we, of course, but it's both creative, create the future, and predict the future. So that includes art and all those other things. But close the loop on being less wrong about future. I would say that's the right way to think about education. I mean, down the road with Neuralink, you can just upload any subject instantly. So it'll be like the Matrix. You want to fly a helicopter, no problem. Well, helicopters will fly themselves, but you know, if you wanted to do whatever, any any given skill, we just upload it instantly. Um, I mean, the way education works right now, it's extremely low bandwidth. It's extremely slow. Lectures are the worst, really. It was like very slow. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just <laughs> try to predict the future with less error. This is the hard. This is very hard, as you were saying. 
I'm not sure it's 99.9%, but it's, it's not very good, generally, our prediction of the future. But I think often people don't try. The first thing is try. If you don't try, okay. You know, go to, you got to try, and then yeah. and then adjust based on the error of your prior predictions. It's it's, it's impossible, <laughs> right? It's impossible because because human beings they are different. Machines are invented by human beings, and according to the science, right? Humans can never create another animal that is smarter than humans. Especially when you have so many smart people, it's impossible to make another smart people. I, I very much disagree with that. Okay. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Um, but not, but the, I mean, the first thing we should assume is that we are very dumb, um, and we can, de we can definitely make things smarter than ourselves. I mean, the, they didn't used to be humans. Right. So the, uh, then the, our early civilization was very primitive. Um, we didn't have any technology really. We we're just like running around, you know, trying to not get eaten uh, or just trying to survive a winter. Now we have like heating and we grow food. This is all new stuff. So, you know, things have obviously gotten way more smarter than the past. Way smarter. So that's going to continue. We are not the last step in evolution. So. The most important thing, like I said, the most important mis mistake I see smart people making is assuming that they're smart. They're not. Yeah. So give me an example what uh -huh. animals or things that a human being made that is smarter than human beings. Well, computers actually are already much smarter than, than people on so many dimensions. We just keep moving the goalposts. Uh, so we used to think, like, for example, being good at chess was an example of a smart human. And then Kasparov was crushed by Deep Blue in 97. That was a long time ago. 22 years. I mean, right now your cell phone could crush the world champion at chess, literally. Um, Go used to be sort of thought of as something that humans were better at than computers. Then Lisa Dahl was beaten 4-1 four, four by AlphaZero. Then uh, a new version of AlphaZero, oh, sorry, I should say AlphaGo. AlphaGo beat Lisa Dahl 4-1. Then uh, there's AlphaZero. AlphaZero crushed AlphaGo 100 to 0. Now it's just pointless because it just keeps playing itself. It, humans are. It, Trying to play a computer Go is like trying to fight uh, Zeus. It's not going to work. Hopeless. We are hopeless, hopelessly inadequate. Um, in terms of rendering, basically, there's just a smaller and smaller corner of, of what of intellectual pursuits that humans are better than um, computers, and that every year it gets smaller and smaller. And, and soon we will be far, far surpassed in every single way, guaranteed. Okay. Or, or civilization will end. Those are the two possibilities. Okay. Um, yeah. My view is that um, computer may be clever, but human being are much smarter. Yeah, definitely not. Cle All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you to my Patreon patrons, patreon.com slash space news podcast. Thank you to my sponsors. I couldn't do without you. And thank you for listening. Without you, I couldn't do this. So I want to say thank you for taking the time out of your day to spend it here with me on the Space News Pod. My name is Will Walden, and I'll see you soon. Hear that? That's the sound of a patient whose health data is protected from a cyber attack. And that... 
That's the sound of a financial system that's digitally secured from bad actors. Right now, there's an invisible war being fought on a digital battlefield that impacts what we do every day. That's why at Paraton, we do the can't be done to help protect the vital systems we rely on. Because if we don't, the alternative is unimaginable. Paraton.